or putting up things next to planes they don't own or cars they don't own or so and so forth. By all means, a lot of it is fake, but for those of us who do things the right way, it took us time and focus, which is amazing, you know? Um, J. Mark Arrow asks, what's my opinion on stitch welding unibody chassis for extra rigidity? I think it's absolutely amazing and necessary. If you don't have the capability of a cage, or even if you have a proper six-point cage in your chassis, it goes a long way in preventing flex. It's just a painstaking process, and I tend to do stitch weld my stuff with an inch apart. And you can imagine, it looks kind of untidy after a while, but it does wonders. And in the future, if I'm ever to stitch, stitch weld any more of my projects, Sam will be the one doing it, which is pretty great, you know? Um, thank you so much, Dealing. Dealing Design is all the way in Europe, in Belgium, and he does all our crazy turbo fans. So the ones you see on the back of the uh, wagon and on the front of some of the hybrids we built, he's the one who does it. Michael says stay humble is the key. Yes, um, you guys are my family, and without you, I'm nothing. And that's the reason why I, I do stay humble. I, I'm very appreciative for all your support. And it doesn't make sense of me being difficult or challenging to people or being what they call an a-hole. So it's, it's always great to be there for people who care about you. And, you know, it's life. Why, why get stuck up? What does it achieve? Nothing whatsoever. Um, any one of you can come to me at any event and I will, I'll sit down with you and talk shop and, and give advice and, and be there for you and so on and so forth, which is great, you know? Um, hello! Kevin, good seeing you. Oh, Durant's here as well. Good afternoon, Durant. Good seeing you as well. Hello, Manny. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining my 85th, it's crazy, 85 episodes. One episode fell on my, the day my son was born and I did it. Um, one fell on Christmas, I did it. New Year's, I did it. On my anniversary, I did it. It's bananas. Yes, um, Tony, Tony, good seeing you. Thank you for joining us with your beautiful Beamer. Yeah, Falcon, I'm at uh, McKenna, McKenna's uh, head office for Porsche, and you can see it's a very beautiful facility. And for those of you on YouTube and listening also, I won't be able to pan over quite nicely, but beautiful cars. I'm surrounded by some amazing examples of GT3 RSs, which is pretty cool. Um, you do remember the first one. Do you know what was weird? My first, if you remember, uh, my very first tech they had like two people <laughs> come on board, which is pretty crazy. Hello, Wanda. Hey, AJ. Good oh, AJ, I owe you a call, don't I? I've been a bit naughty. I've just been slammed and not getting back to my good friends. AJ, I'll call you from here. I just have to, you know? Um, no, I'm not an Irvine. I'm in Norwalk, actually. Um, they, I know they may be having something going on in Orange County with the McKenna brand, but I'm at their Norwalk campus, which is right off the 605 and Firestone. So very nice complex. Beautiful facility. I have Porsches. I'm looking heavy. I have Porsches all around, which is amazing, you know? Uh, yeah, one, I'm in Norwalk, California at the McKenna headquarters. McKenna Porsche, and next door, they have an Audi and a BMW McKenna uh, division as well, you know? Oh yes, you were one of the two. <laughs> That's very true, Zach. Thank you so much for your amazing advocacy and support. Hello, Ovo Panda, good seeing you. Hello, Ali Saleh, good seeing you. Hey, Dairy Dads, thank you for joining my 85th episode here. Hello, BMP Performance Official. And I just talked a moment ago about life and how it's important not to compare yourself to others, especially with the images you see on social networks. A lot of it is fake. For me, I love putting up projects and showing what we've achieved as a team, but as, as Sam is here to attest, Jerron can see this, well, Kevin knows this, a lot of those Porsches I own started as rollers, and we built them to the project cars that are beautiful and, and efficient as they are today. And above and beyond that, it took me years to get to where I am, but one thing that I did in mind was stay focused and persistent, and I succeeded. And now I have great partners with people like here at McKenna, I have the opportunity to partner with great companies in Agra, we're in talks with many other organizations like Mazda, 
all this happens from persistence and function. Kevin says no street tires. He must be talking about the um, wagon. And yes, the reason why I'm running street tires, and it's a very big question, is because we're preparing the wagon for season three of Fastest Car. If you remember, the wagon was built as a revenge car for what I experienced with the Odyssey. So Odyssey is this crazy V6, super big turbocharged application that we convert to manual that makes over a thousand, but it doesn't play very well with front-wheel drive and street tires. It just doesn't hook up. So if those of you who watched the show on Netflix, you said I just laid rubber for the entire quarter mile. Now, fast forward to today, I want to build something that was lighter than the wet, but that the Odyssey, that had an all-wheel drive capability and can still perform very well on street tires. So we've been texting quite a, I mean, not texting, but testing quite a bit. And Kevin, if my um, new rear end comes in tomorrow from Automotive KMT, we'll be there again this Thursday to do some more testing, which is pretty nice, you know? Yes, uh, Netflix show indeed. <laughs> I know, you know what's weird? Um, type 2 Vitalworks, my very good friend Jeremiah saying I have to baby out the hole and I'm very easy on drivetrain parts. So when I, if something breaks, that's, that's really probably power, but I don't dump the clutch when I get out the hole, I really ease out of it. And AJ even took my driving style a step further to even be very gentle with cars even when road racing. So that being said, I'm telling you, yes, as Kevin said, I, I plan on sending it, but I still take it easy out the hole. The thing just makes a lot of power and I'm not at the full potential of the wagon yet either. Now it's at 772, my goal is to get it to 850. So, man, it's so sad. I'm, I'm only about 500 out in first gear and about 570 in second gear and then I have full boost of 33 PSI in, in, in third, fourth, fifth. So it's, it's really sad that I'm already destroying parts, but I'll get there, you know? Um, how much horsepower does my 911 make, says Mitza. So if you're talking about the blue one, um, that makes 850 on 91 and water methanol. I have twin Turbinex turbochargers, uh, 57, 58 millimeter um, for the compressor and turbine wheels respectively. Um, it is a water-cooled power plant with a 3.4 liter displacement. It has all the modern accoutrements that you may see in the modern car that you may see here. It has drive wire, CAN bus, same thing you see in this beautiful GT3 RS behind me, in the beauty of a classic 911. So that's one of the other 911s. So if there's a different one, let me know. Um, Yes, it is Falcon, but I do want to change the color. So it's going back to Acura today with hopes of me getting an orange one. No lift shifts are coming soon. My goal is to make sure that I don't break things and then we can play around with ignition cut and retard based upon um, shifting, which is pretty nice. Um, what is a four port of oil catch can needed over a two port around one horsepower? So dip and deep. It doesn't have to do with horsepower levels, it has to do primarily with blow-by. If you have applications where there's significant blow-by or you have ring gaps that are very, very, very generous, and those typically happen with high horsepower engines, you see a lot of people using two ports. But put it this way, I have high horsepower engines, one being the 2012 Civic that we made 1004 with, the current wagon that's at 770, and I have a single port catch can. And from time to time, I'll drain the contaminants, but it's the blow-by that determines how much, how many ports or what volume of catch can that you require, you know? Um, is the CRV diff strong for a full pull is what my friend D. Ling Designs is asking. What I've noticed is that the factory clutches do not like a lot of horsepower. So what happened to me recently, and I'll be very open with all of you my friends, I was testing the automotive KMD quick spool setup, which is very, very good, so I love to spool and lock up quickly with factory clutches as a baseline. 
and then my next set of testing would be with their aftermarket racing dip clutches. So the factory clutch lasted me probably one launch, and I just, I'm sure I glazed the crap out of it. It just makes a lot of power. So the video you guys saw was me in two-wheel drive mode, um, and I'm being completely transparent with you guys, um, where I was racing the Mustang, and then finally in fourth gear when I had some remnant of traction, is where I just, you know, went, went crazy. But the first few gears I was sitting on limiter because I toasted the factory clutches. So if you're making three, 400 horsepower, the factory CRV clutches may be okay for a long time, but once you start pulling past that, it gets pretty bad. It's not, it's not very, uh, not very, uh, very good, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Hello Club 5500 RPM CMT, good seeing you again. Appreciate that indeed. Um, almost, Automobiles asking, should I build my single jingle or do a V20 swap? It depends. So here's my take on single cam versus V20. If you're boosting single cam, stay single cam boosted. Nothing makes people more upset than you spanking people with single cam. And if you have a D16Z6, D16Y8, even an A6, you can easily, with very minor modifications, make four or five hundred horsepower, especially with the right parts. Stay with forged pistons. We have a set from Tron that we do a lot with. Uh, we have these motor spec rods that are pretty cost effective, like $300, very cost effective. You can get a level 2.4 camshaft, which has been proven to people making north of 600 horsepower. You can get our valve springs, which are like 150. It's pretty cost effective. And before you know it, you make, you know, four or 500 horsepower in the D-Series, and you're spanking people, which is pretty amazing. Now, if your budget's very tight, you want to stay naturally aspirated, then by all means, the B20 would be the way to go, because you have more displacement, and if you're going to leave it close to the factory, you'll make more power than the D-Series does, you know? Um, Alex HKS says, so you say the BC Motor Blue 911 makes 850, what well, a lot of power for old chassis, yes it is, and that's why every journalist we put in that Porsche gets absolutely terrified. It is the most frightening car that we have in our arsenal. It weighs 2,400 pounds with 850 wheel horsepower, which is frightening. I mean, if you take away drive losses, it's closer to 1,000. And even with boost per speed, where it has a lower boost threshold at low speeds, and the boost comes up full as you go north of 60 horsepower, the thing is scary. For me, it's it's enjoyable because it's right at the interface of control and lack of control, but most journalists that I put it in say this shouldn't even be on the road. It's absolutely a true Widowmaker. So she's a fun car and looks, looks the part. She's absolutely gorgeous, you know? Ah, thank you so much, Club, for the nice, kind words. I appreciate that. Um, Saya has asked me, do I max horsepower 850? No. So. Saya, I'll tell you a brief story that many of you may remember or may not. When I first built that Porsche, it was my first foray into Porsche modification. And I, instead of using a customer's car, I decided to build something myself for my own resources and something that I want to build for me to show our prowess and what we can achieve. So I took this old school 75911 uh, white body and I infused modern technology because I'm a huge advocate of the beauty of older Porsches, but I love new technology. So my goal was to put in that engine, I fully build it, sleeve it, address all the shortcomings that people didn't like, and that we found were challenges, and then have the opportunity to see how much power we can make. Well, my dyno maxes out about 1100, I'm gonna cut this story really, really short, because I see some great questions coming through. And my dyno shut down with that. I had twin 64, 65 millimeter turbos from Turbonetics on it. Went to the back of the shop to try it. Mashed on it first, you know, first gear to be the second gear, then third, I floored it, and nothing happened. It was just really kind of slow. And then, boom, the boost came up, front end came up, and I almost crashed the car. 
So that engine made over a thousand, almost killed me in the back of the shop on a Saturday when no one's around. And with fear, I came back and trembled and took the turbos off, put smaller turbos on. I think I ended up going to 61, 62 turbos and left it at like, I think it was like 12 PSI and I was at 770 and I was happy forever. And then I went to a smaller set of 58 millimeter turbos and up the boost, got up to 850 and picked up about, because of the spool, characteristics put up about three, three or four hundred horsepower in mid-range, just from spool, which is amazing. So that being said, um, it has potential and has before done a thousand, but it's, it's even at 850, it's, it's a frightening job in view, it's pretty interesting, you know? Um, is it a daily driver? Well, oh my, see, that's, that's a great question is what Saxony is asking. One thing about me as a tuner is I don't build high horsepower cars that are absolutely undrivable. I had one car, the Mustang I did, which made, um, I think that made 901, and that was probably the first and last time I'm ever gonna build like a Dino Queen, um, because the, the spooling was horrible. It was just a horrible driver, I hated that car. Um, but it's important to me to dispel the myth that high horsepower cars cannot be drivable. So I built all of our high horsepower cars and mid horsepower cars to be absolutely amazing to drive and tame to a degree. It doesn't have, you know how you hear about tuners building high horsepower cars and they drive poorly? Not the stuff from us. It's um, always very nice indeed, you know? What would the blue car's drivetrain cost as a customer? That engine was very expensive. Um, if I could replicate that um, just because of Porsche tax and how expensive Porsche parts are, it would easily be in the 50s just for the engine itself. It, it's pretty expensive. Relatively expensive. Thoughts on the Veloster N? Wow, Michal, that's a great question. So for those of you that know, the Veloster N is Hyundai, Korean company Hyundai's answer to the Type R. I like the look of the Veloster N. And when I say look of it, you have two spectrums. You have the Honda Type R, which is an amazing vehicle to drive, but in my opinion, a little too flashy for me, for my taste. Then you have something like the Golf R, which is absolutely a powerful, beautiful all-wheel drive setup, as well, a, a particular rival, but very tame. The Veloster is right in the middle, where it's not too wild and not too tame, just has the right amount of, of pizzazz, for lack of a better phrase. And what's exciting about the Veloster N is, you can see a lot of, you know, Dr. Beerman was brought on board to Hyundai from BMW. You can see a lot of BMW influence in it, in the steering feel, in the burble, in how it handles. It is the best handling front-wheel drive Hyundai I've ever driven. Has a ton of potential, and it's my goal to show that potential by November this year. So I think it's a fantastic car for the price. It's a great alternative to the Type R, and a worthy adversary when modified properly. If I put a supercharger, says Manny, on the S62B50, what should I look out for regarding reliability? Number one, tuning. That is, the engine has the potential of doing great things, but the tune is everything. Darkwing is asking, what do you think about ceramic coating exhaust parts in the head? Exhaust ports? Ports. I think it is marvelous. Now, once again, let's talk about the engine and how engines exist. Internal combustion engines that we all, that I'm surrounded by here, you know, with a few hybrids here and there, are pretty much glorified energy converters. So we have the energy, chemical energy that exists in, in air, you know, air has about 78% nitrogen and about 20 or so percent of oxygen in it. And we're combusting the oxygen to create heat. And when we combine it with a proper fuel with a good color content, let's say 91 octane, um, we combine it, we ignite it, and we now, with ignition, turn this chemical energy into heat energy. And through the combustion process, we now 
do work on top of the piston, hence converting that heat energy now to mechanical energy. And of course, the crankshaft turns the rotational, the up and down movement to rotational and so on and so forth. Well, long story short, what coating does is allow us to keep the heat of combustion in the combustion chamber where it can create power. Better yet, let me rephrase that. We're not really creating power, but we're harnessing the energy better. So anything we can do to prevent that heat of combustion from going to the atmosphere and not doing work on the piston, anything we do to prevent that, the more power we make. So, coating pistons, coating combustion chambers, coating exhaust ports, coating valves, all of that prevents that heat energy we need for propelling our car and creating and, and harnessing more power to doing work on the piston. Now here's something else that's interesting. Exhaust ports, I love coating. I also love coating the exhaust manifold itself because the heat of combustion also does a great job in allowing us to scavenge exhaust gases from the header. Now why is that important? You ever stood on the side of a road and had a truck drive by you? You know what happens, the truck kind of pulls you to the side a little bit in the direction of motion of the truck. That is what, that, you're feeling that energy is almost what happens in headers with pulses of exhaust gases. And you know where it can really make you more efficient is doing overlap when you can pull in some clean air, doing overlap into combustion chambers so you have less contaminants left over from the previous cycle. The cleaner the air intake charge you have, the more power you can make it, the more efficient it is. So headers do a great job doing overlap when both the intake and exhaust valves are open and creating inertia supercharging where you use inertia to pull exhaust gases out. You can have a clear intake charge for the next cycle and make more power. Heat allows you to have a more efficient inertia supercharge. Because the more heat you lose, the less energy is to scavenge, or in the example I gave a moment ago, the less energy you have in having the truck push you to the side. It's like a slower moving truck than a faster moving one. And the heat is the speed of the truck. So, to answer your question, Dark Wade, which is a great one, coating does a great job. In my experience, coating, ceramic barrier coating components, combustion chambers, heads, um, you know, crowns of pistons and ports and valves can give you anywhere from 4 to 6% improvement in power. That's amazing, isn't it? It's something that we all should do if our budget allows. Hello, E. Michael, good seeing you, you know. Um, yo, Mateo, good seeing you as well. Thank you so much. Um, does the Veloster N engine have the potential to go past 400 wheel horsepower? So, Adam Bendoff, that's a good question, but I do not speculate. What I do is I'm a data-driven person. So, as a scientist, I take data, I capture it, and I make my conclusions based upon the data I have. You can't look at a part and be able to do first, um, uh, fair analysis by just looking at it. You also can't just see an engine outside and tell. But there's one thing I will tell you is that I will find the limitations of that engine very soon. So if you don't subscribe to us on YouTube, please do on the BC Moto YouTube feed because that's where I'm going to put a lot of the data. And above and beyond that, I feel that the limitation for the Velocity N may not be the engine components. It may be the fuel system because of direct injection. I didn't go to saying, now you've done a small cell cam wagon and a big twin cam wagon. Will you ever do a big power cell cam wagon like Stitch engine with boost? Um, so you're saying something like an F22A. It depends. Now, as you know, Ed and Good, um, who's over overseas in the UK, appreciate your support. We have a great relationship with American Honda, and to be honest with you, I'm being coerced, pushed, prodded to really focus more on newer engine platforms. So unless something very interesting happens, um, if you see anything else coming from us, it will really focus on the newer engines. 
the L15B, the K20C, so on and so forth. So I don't have any plans on doing an F22A boosted single-time wagon. Um, what BMW would you choose as the next project? What would you do? If I had access to any BMW, I love the look of the i8. So i8 is that cool hybrid that has, I think, a three-cylinder engine and cool, like, going doors, but it's very slow. So I would put a petrol BMW engine or maybe an integrated motor assist or hybrid system of some sort with a bigger, more powerful engine. I may even pull something from another manufacturer to put into an i8. That's what I would do. That would be awesome for me. So that way I have the looks and the power to match the looks, which would be great, you know? E. Michael 91 says, I need to tune the Mazda. Please, if you have the time, I can use help, BC. Well, I could help you. I don't know if you're local. But um, I've opened up uh, Mazda Miata tuning uh, via Megasquirt. And if you have a full standalone, I can help you with that as well. So no challenge whatsoever. Um, Luis Santos says, BC Motor, please don't stop making parts for Hondas, mainly F-Series. Well, I won't stop with F-Series, especially now that Hoonigan is pushing us to bring the inside back out. So I have my partners from Progress and from Trump Pistons and from Golden Eagle and everyone's pretty excited about me bringing the inside back out and I'm excited about getting to race the inside again in a drag racing capacity. So what that would do is it'll push me to a point where I will keep making parts. Already as we speak, I've been working with ATI to develop even a better triggering system for it. So when you want to go high performance with F-Series, you will now have triggering options for your aftermarket ECUs, which is great. Higher resolution, more accuracy, meaning better reliable power. Hey, Breed XO Xavier, my good friend. Hello, my friend, good seeing you. Um, do I have any podcasts out there? Is Sayad Marat? Yes, I do. So if you do a search on any of the major podcast networks, um, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, um, Radio Public, um, Podbean, any of those, you just search for BC Motor and you'll see my podcast come up. Spotify is a popular one. And you can have access to what we're doing today and archives from other podcasts that have done the path for similar um, topics. So yes, we have. You know. Well, I would like to know if I should supercharge my Buick Regal or get an HS Bridge. Now, if you have a chance, I'll tell you one thing. The key to making power rank is to get as much air into the engine with the appropriate amount of fuel. That's how you make power. So natural aspiration, I love. That's why I hold my teeth, I love it. But because of what people are doing now with supercharged and turbochargers, force-inducing air is a great way to make reliable power and make it much easier. So back in the day, I understand when it was so cost-prohibitive to do it, but nowadays, I mean, look at what I'm surrounded with. There are tons of turbo cars here, which is amazing. There are also a couple of beautiful natural aspirated GT3s, but here, in a nutshell, my take on it is if you love the raw power and the props of natural aspiration, that's the way to go. It can get more expensive to go really fast. But if you want a way that can really embrace modern technology and also make a lot more power per dollar, definitely force induction is the way to go. When we get a BC 4x4, I'm craving something like a Ford Raptor with some BC magic to hit the countryside. That's a great question. Um, it depends on my manufacturer friends. I would definitely let you know since I do, but I don't have a plan, any plans, at least for this calendar year, to do anything 4x4. That's really great, you know? Um, I was looking at Cerakote, but which Cerakote do you use? I've had quite a few. So um, we have a partnership via Trom with a company called MB in Orange County. And then I've seen some great results from Turbo Hot out in Riverside. So I've seen both. Um, Cerakote, I am not familiar with their process because I've not used it firsthand, but I've heard good things about them, you know? 
Uh, knock knock, who's there? It's Ron. Very funny. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> You're too much. Oh my god. How about a new J series in the wagon then? Yes, that, that would be something that could happen. I wouldn't mind doing a supercharged J series in a wagon. Actually, I had a thought about that last night. I woke up in the middle of the night about 2 o'clock. And I thought that'd be a pretty good project. So that may be good. That may be good, you know? Uh, and let's talk about B. Hey, Kevin, I just, that may be a good idea. But if I do work with BMW, they wouldn't want me. Or if I'm doing something here with McKenna BMW, they definitely would like me to keep it in the family, you know? Yes, they are mean. I agree with you, kiddo. F22s are mean indeed. Um, what suspension are you running in the Odyssey? So, Lightning, I'm running a very interesting hybrid of factory components and air ride suspension. There's a company called Air Ride. I've used their components. He's here on Instagram, so if you just look for Air Ride, um, you'll, see, you'll see them. Very good guys. So, it's the first and only vehicle I have my Arsenal's back, which is amazing. I also bagged a uh, a Hyundai Tucson that made about 700 horsepower, but it's not in my arsenal anymore. You know? I know, that'd be so cool, wouldn't it? And supercharged would be great indeed. Switzerland is in the house. Thank you, Peter, joining me from Switzerland. Alfie, CT Racer X, BC and Porsche, two of my favorite things on a Tuesday. Thank you so much, sir. You're so kind. I love your projects. Your C7 is mean. I, you, you're going to get me in trouble and I'll end up buying a Corvette or something. That's really cool, you know? Um, 2015 GTI reliability, I hear bad things about turbo, DSG. I've heard great things, and I've heard that, you know, when you have a poor flash tune, that's when things are going wrong. But if you have a, a proper tune from a reputable source, people run, man, I've heard that those engines are workhorses. Now, I heard that the GTI, especially 2015, may have a challenge with rod bolts, and what most people do, they upgrade their rods, and then that's, that's not a challenge at all. It's pretty nice, you know? So thank you so much for that question. Absolutely fantastic. And once again, guys, for those of you just tuning in, I am here in the beautiful facility of McKenna Porsche in Nora, California. They have gorgeous cars here. If I go to dealership for everything Porsche, for parts and vehicles as well. And they've been just great part of the family. I, I love these guys. They're absolutely smashing indeed, you know? Alfie said he was down here on Saturday. They didn't look me up. When I come through again, I'll toss you the keys. So, oh, please don't do that. You know the reason why I have a Viper now? Alfie is because Rob Gilles, head of design for FCA, gave me the keys to his white one, which was the first Viper off the first fifth gen Viper off the floor. So that being said, he spoiled me and I couldn't stop dreaming about it and then I had to order one silent scene. Which is frightening, you know? Please make my civic fast. I'll be more than happy to DJ Papa Lot. Give us a call at the office, 888 and my team can put a plan together for you to make your Civic absolutely smashing. Um, did I miss another question from I Think Good that Kevin said that he's asked me a few times? Oh. Any thoughts on what to plan for the 100th Tech Tuesday? Gotta be something super special. Oh, that one, that's the question. I, I don't know. You know what would be really cool? If I went to Germany to Porsche, or I went to Acura's NSX assembly plant, or I did one at Mazda's vault, all those would be really cool. Or at the Porsche, um, probably PEC, the Porsche Experience Center out in Carson. Either way, it's going to be absolutely smashing. I would do something very, 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 very good for you guys, which would be great. Oh, thank you so much, Beers. PDX likes my shirt, but I'll improve it. The PC model 930, um, 356. 
was gonna say 935, but 356. Oh, we have these on this website. I think it's like $20 shipped or something like that, 24 shipped. But we do have those. Any updates on the Mercedes 190 e-build? Great question, Sincere. So here's the deal, Sincere. I had two projects in mind this year, the 190 and the MR2, the AW11. But something came to me. There's something that came to my attention, courtesy of my friends at AEM, that put those two projects on hold slightly. So things are going but slowly, but I won't have it ready for SEMA this year. Most likely the 190 will be ready for SEMA next year. But this project I'm building, I tell you, it is a Porsche. I'm trying my best not to drop the mic after this project. It's going to shock everybody. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. So, no updates for the 190E being done this year because of this project I'm doing with AM and Porsche and so on and so forth. So, trust me, it'll be worth the wait. Where am I from? I always want to know. It says, ah, man, not him. I am Nigerian. Um, I hail from Nigeria, West Africa. I came here when I was 16 years old to go to school. Um, come from a family of scientists and continue that trend of being a scientist myself. And finished school and I've stayed here ever since. Mm -hmm. um, do I work on the Ford Focus? No, I do not. I've helped design parts for the Ford Focus, but I've never worked on one myself, you know? Hello, Negron. Good seeing you, Negron 888. A live engine build to show us some secrets, maybe? But that's something that, you know, that's a good question. You know what would be cool, I think good? Is if I build my inside engine live. That'd be cool. You, you guys, let me know if that's something that'd be interesting to you. Even though it's an F22A, it's not an engine that most people say it's a performance platform, even though it's chock full of opportunity, the concepts are pretty much the same. So I may end up doing something like that. Let me know if you're interested. Um, it'll just take me some time to set up in my clean room, but I'll be more than happy to do that. That's a great suggestion, Adding Good. Thank you so much. Um, how long did it take to create Cruising Castle's Turbo 911 Porsche? Guys, you may have seen that. It's like the beautiful chocolate brown Porsche that shoots flames at will. That took three and a half months to complete. You know? Oh, it needs to be on the track before that. Ha <laughs> it's so funny, Gavin. Oh, hello, Ikenna. Dewa. Um, would someday visit Sydney from Sydney Industries? I'll make a video with him again. He's the reason that I heard about, and I'm a big fan of you. Oh, thank you so much. Robert, I need to. He typically comes every year for SEMA and comes by, but this past SEMA was a zoo. Do you guys remember when I was doing the wagon? And Saturday, it was a shell, and we had it done by Sunday night. That's one of the reasons why Sydney couldn't come by, because we were so busy, I couldn't even do a video with him, because it was just bananas. But, yes, you never know. Maybe my 100th episode will be there. Or better yet, maybe he'll be here for SEMA and we can do another one. So that'd be fantastic. Thank you so much for the suggestion. You know? Mike says, of course it'd be cool. Maybe I'll do that. Show us the F-22 Old School Monster getting some love. Will do. Um, do you work on Buicks? Can't find a lot of people asking you. No, I don't work on Buicks. I've not had any experience with Buicks yet, you know? Can I bring the focus by for consultation? Absolutely, Mike ST, by all means. Hello, Waldo. Good afternoon. Um, have like two F-22 spares collecting dust? You do? Then that's a good power plant. Hello, MJ Photograph, good seeing you this morning. Do I know a 2JDZ engine specialist? I have a friend, yes I do. So one of my dealers is Drip Motion. They are in Upland, I think it's Upland, Montclair, Montclair. And by all means, he's the one. You do remember that, don't you, Daron? <laughs> What's my favorite car, other cars that I own? I kind of broke it down to three categories. Um, the favorite car that I love to drive, because it's a bit scary, is the Twin Turbo 911. 
the one that I love to drive is my favorite in terms of just how much appeal it has from when I'm driving around is the Odyssey, of course. No matter what I build, is my most popular build. And they're just, a, in, in terms of just absolute amazing experiences, I would say, you know, the red center seat boxman? That thing is like a go-kart on steroids. And Stan did a smashing job of fabrication there. It, it's a fantastic vehicle, and that is my favorite in terms of just all-around fun, you know? If I install Lion Fly with my 2012 Civic, will it throw off my computer without a tune? So DJ Pop, yes, and that's a great question. So think about the concept of a flywheel and what it actually does. A flywheel is there to dampen the, the pulses of the internal combustion engine. Now, I mentioned earlier on about how the internal combustion engine is a glorified energy converter, and I talked about the crankshaft is a device that changes up and down motion to rotational. Well, that up and down motion, as you can imagine, comes in, for lack of a better phrase, pounds. It just pounds, pounds, pounds. And it's not a very smooth actuation. And the crank, if I slow it down, you can see like different waves and, and, and jolts happening. The flywheel is a big attenuation device. It's this large unit that bolts to the crank and absorbs a lot of those jolts and allows you to have a smoother, allows you to have a smoother operation of the engine. Now, Honda is very clever with their ECU. And what they do, one way to determine misfire is when you misfire, that jolt happens even more rapidly. So misfire is when your spark extinguishes, either due to a bad coil, or plugs are inefficient, or rubbish fuel. There's so many things that can initiate a misfire. And how you can determine that electronically is by seeing your flywheel jolt a little bit. Well, guess what? When you light your flywheel, guess what happens? Your jolt comes back. So you have this opportunity where the ECU sees jolts that it typically won't see and thinks of it as misfire. So how do you take advantage of the improved acceleration with the lightning flywheel on your 2107? You have to use a flash program like Hondata or K-Tuner and disable misfire detection. So when you disable misfire detection, you are fine. And that way you can enjoy all the benefits of improved, and there's no, by the way, there's no deleterious effects. There's nothing negative about you having um, your flywheel extremely lightened. As a matter of fact, you can go super, super, duper light with aluminum and carbon fiber components, and what you'll notice is maybe a slightly rougher idle, maybe your AC will be a little bit more labored, um, maybe you'll have an opportunity where the idle is not as smooth, but guess what? It accelerates much better. If you look at my inside, my flywheel, not only is aluminum, it has windows cut out the back. My flywheel is like five and a half pounds, it's super light, almost six pounds. Super duper lightweight assembly, and I love it. Astro Boy, no, we don't work on horses. <laughs> Good question. Um, see, I have I done any podcasts? So above and beyond taking what I do on Tech Tuesday and putting it on podcast networks, I've done quite a few. We've done podcasts with uh, Spike Ferenson. Um, I've done podcasts with um, uh, Matt Farah. Matt Farah, I've done podcasts with him. Um, there was a recent one I done. Uh, there's a couple Porsche podcasts, and I'll be doing one very soon in Florida, hopefully in August, with Picard Talk, which would be very nice, you know. Thank you so much, Robin. Love you as well. Thank you for the kind words. I appreciate that indeed. Um, why is it so hard to find a clean, low mileage F22A engine in the UK? I can get F23, but not many difficult to get one in the UK. It is challenging because it wasn't very popular out there. It may be cost effective for you to find one here and send out, but those cars came out here in America. It was in the Odyssey, came in the Prelude, the base model Preludes, came in a ton of a course, and there's so many. And the United States is just huge. You can find them here, but don't lament. If you find an F 18A, you can use that head 
you can use that block and just get a crank from here and you'll be right there. <laughs> Odin said he'll fix your horse, pretty good, you know? What pure oil can I use for my wagon D16 A6? So if it's a bone stock setup, Pure 5W30 is the way to go. If you end up boosting it, it'll be good to go to a 10W40 Pure All, and Pure All is a brand that I love and recommend in all my builds, and it's amazing stuff. The compound is unlike anything I've ever seen. And pretty cost effective. I think they're still offering sponsorships to those who qualify. So you can hit them up here on Instagram at Pure All USA, and they'll be more than happy to let you know the criteria of getting you sponsored. I shouldn't be saying that because it really hurts my sales. I need to make sure that, anyway, I just want people to benefit. So that's what I recommend, so I hope that helps. Um, B. Liuview is asking, BC Moto, is it true that you're a Nigerian prince? No, I am not cut of royalty, I'm fortunate. My father is a geologist, and my mom is a brilliant biochemist. Um, we are not royalty at all. But thank you for asking, though. Oh, pleasure seeing you and your beautiful ride. Thank you so much, NJ neighbor. He gets to see me and hear all the noise we make at the facility, so I apologize for all this stuff, you know? Peter Patches is asking, BC, do you consider an 09 R35 GTR with 45,000 miles and all service done at Nissan? Untuned, a good deal of 47 USD uh, miles ratio worth dollars. Now it could be. It depends on the condition. So let me know if you rate. Put it this way: if if you have a zero to five rating and zero is like absolute rubbish car, and five is like mechanically perfect. If it's anything in the 4.5 five range, then yes, that's a good deal. Um, are you an 181 compression guy, Tyler? Yes, on my D series. NA setup, I ran 18.4 to 1. And I ran that compression on high octane fuel, and we were able to extract uh, 232 wheels from that, and I got that car to run 10.7 at 124. Naturally, that's great in the CRX. Um, why do you only work on just imports and not American build cars? I do work on American cars. I have a Viper myself that's flashed with exhaust system and intake, and I'm heavily interested in doing more stuff with. Dodge as a brand. So I have no objection whatsoever. Um, I think I answered that um, on the A6, uh, 5W30 of stock and 1040, you know. Um, oh, thank you. My pleasure. Have a great day as well, R35. Just checking. Um, oh, thank you, MJ. And just saying, no need to apologize. My engine world puts a smile on his face. He's a true enthusiast. Thank you so much, average car guy who says I'm a great guy. And speaking of that, I have to depart and bid you guys farewell. But thank you so much for attending this 85th episode of the Bizimo Tech Tuesday. By all means, please share with me if you'd like to see anything improved on this. This will be up on YouTube very soon, and also I'll have it on all the podcast networks that we have. No, Kevin, I will not LS swap the Viper. I'm so sorry. Um, but nonetheless, stay tuned. I look forward to seeing you guys next week. Appreciate all of you, and have a great day. Take care, everyone. Cheers. Bye-bye.